Thank you, Gabriel, and good morning. My name is Chuck Hunt, and I have the privilege of serving as the Family Ministries pastor here at Lake Avenue Church. Uh, what a joy it is uh, to be in this place, and, and I'm so glad that you made it to uh, what is an unofficial um, associate pastor Sunday across the nation. Associate pastors get to preach the Sunday after Christmas, you know, because the senior pastor doesn't want to do it, <clears throat> apparently. Actually, I'm so grateful, actually, that um, I get to serve with a senior pastor that so readily shares his pulpit. So thank you, thank you, Greg, for an opportunity to share what's on my heart uh, for this congregation. The question I have for you this morning is, did you do it yet? Have you done it yet? You figured out how to put away Christmas decorations? Taking on the task of, of tearing down Christmas and putting it back in your boxes? I was reminded that a few years ago that I was anticipating Trash Day, and Trash Day in our, in our, in our town at the point in time was on a Thursday, and so um, I actually took Wednesday off because I wanted to make sure everything got out, and so was tearing uh, down Christmas. Began to undecorate on that Wednesday, and uh, somewhere in the early afternoon, I figured um, that I needed to get rid of all the Christmas CDs that were in the um, that was in the changer. You know, um, for those that you don't know, CDs are these um, small discs. Um, think silver-ish. Used to play them. A changer is. Ah, never mind. I wanted to listen to them one last time, and um, I pressed. Play, hit the random button, and, and then it happened. I recognized uh, a heaviness on my heart, that weighted feeling that you get when you feel like you're going to cry or there's something that's, that's getting after you. And it was a song, it was a, it was a moment, and it came on uh, quickly, um, and it was significant, and I wasn't ready for it. And it started with these words. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, your troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas, etc., etc. I got to the end of the song, and, and, and this is where I started to kind of get emotional. Through the years, we all will be together if the Lord allows. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. My emotion was not because I didn't have a great Christmas, because I had had a wonderful Christmas with my family. The significance was not because I was sad that Christmas was over. I was cleaning up, though that happened to be my reality. I was struck by the words of the last line, and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. See, Christmas was over and the garbage truck was my now. 
It was coming away to, to take away Christmas, and Christmas was going back into the boxes and into the closet until, until next year. Christmas was then, and this statement was of now was absolutely and completely bothersome to me. That moment between Christmas and Easter, that transition from one thing to the next, you know, we here at Lake Avenue and across the country uh, entered Advent uh, and waited with purpose. We celebrated Jesus on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We look to tonight and tomorrow to reset some things in our lives. And you'll see in your worship bulletin, that's our next sermon series is resetting those things. But what are we supposed to do in the now, in the right now, in the this moment and every moment? And I think our scripture this morning provides us with some directives that I think are helpful. So, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Colossians 2, verses 1 through 8. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. And for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that none of you, none, no one will delude you with persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have, been, have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Spirit of the living God, these words that Paul writes for us, I pray that you would continue to allow them to come off of this page and alive in our experience like never before. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Paul is sending this letter to the holy and faithful at Colossae, small town in modern-day Turkey. It was about 15 kilometers to the southeast of Laodicea. It's a distance between this church and the Americana in Glendale, or a distance between this church and approximately Dodger Stadium. As far as we can tell, Paul never actually goes to the Colossian church, but we know that he had learned about, that they had learned about Jesus and this gospel from Ephesus. Paul is encouraged to write this letter and does so that the churches would be encouraged in heart and united in love. He says so right here in verse 2. 
One of the things that happens during the holidays is that we are reminded of the reason for which we gather. We are reminded in such a way that it becomes a primary focus for us. The preceding four weeks to Christmas, we were so focused together on our posture as we waited, the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. Unlike other times in our year, the holidays provide us the ability to really focus in on one particular thing over an extended amount of time. It appears that in part, this is what happened at Colossae. The church had accepted the gospel and heard the gospel and the focus was on the gospel itself. And the gospel is simple and it's this and Paul gives us a a small glimpse into it specifically out of 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you as of importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The basics of the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel, they get to focus on those things and understand them and what they mean for their lives. It is this gospel that they had received with gratitude And with faithfulness. Paul goes on to talk many times in the letter about their faithfulness, their their ability to step into that gospel and live it out. It also appears that the gospel was being challenged from outside the church. There were ideas and philosophies that were being talked about outside the church that were challenging to the people there. But not only outside of the church, but inside the church as well. Not just inside the church between people, inside the church within people. Wrestling with what does this new gospel have to do with my life? How do I continue to move this forward? The singular focus of receiving the gospel and receiving Christ was shifting because their lives were being challenged outside by the status quo the surrounding philosophical ideas of how to live. You know, I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with these things today. (laughs) We work so hard at waiting for Jesus' birth. It would be a shame to allow that focus to be put away like so many Christmas decorations. See, the Christmas that I had so many years ago was being shoved into a box. My intentions were being put away so that I could move on to the next thing. These rituals cannot be put into a box, y'all. They cannot be put up as a tree. They can't be put on your house. The holidays are supposed to help us remember the promise of Christ right now. The holidays are supposed to help us renew the hope of our faith right now. Holy days are supposed to help us live the reality of Christ through the Spirit of God right now. And so now, Paul says in our passage, you received Jesus in our cultural and holy Christmas. 
So now, Paul says. See, Paul is asking us to do something here. So now, in verse 6, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. You received, so now live. You've celebrated, so now live. Sometimes life is about waiting. It's about that holding on. It's about that anticipating. And sometimes it's about the wait being over. Our response to the baby in the manger is the same to the risen Jesus, that we would live for him. It's not that difficult. I'm not talking about difficult things. We are to live more consistently as a people who love God and love others. That's it. When you get really, really good at that, then you can move on to part three. (laughs) Loving God and loving others. We're called to make good on our profession of faith because we've confessed Jesus as Lord. That is the way that we should live. Living in the moment means allowing Jesus to interrupt us while at work or in school or on vacation or taking out the trash. It means that we can stop and listen to what God wants of us right now. Not just in church or in Bible study or when you think you're ready. Living in the moment means loving God by making time for God whenever God wants you. Living in the moment means preparing for that moment. I I don't know about you, but if I don't actually prepare to go on a date with my wife, it just doesn't go all that well. It just ends up being dinner. But when I do prepare, when I do set my mind to it, when I think about those things, I'm able to be careful. I'm able to be giving. I'm able to be loving in a way that I wouldn't have been if we were just doing the thing. It's the same thing with Christ. That when we prepare, when we allow ourselves to think about how we are going to love other people, then we do it better. It's really easy. And I would love for you to even think about the people that we, you want to love. What is something that you can do for those folks that are around you that you know need to hear a word of encouragement from you? Need a gift from you? Need a hug from you? Need a phone call from you? Who are those people in your world that you need to love? Have you prepared to love them? Writing a note without a note card is really hard. <laughs> But even more so, have you prepared to love the people who you don't want to love? See, I think that's the harder piece. And God doesn't let us off the hook. Neither Jesus nor Paul nor any other writers in Scripture let us off the hook of loving the people whom we don't want to love. That means you've got to actually prepare to love the people that you don't want to love. You've got to spend time thinking about people that you don't want to love, and you actually have to do something. Now. (laughs) Paul goes on. 
rooted and built up in him. You were rooted, so now grow. You were rooted, so now grow. And technically, your rooting work is complete. The rooting, the gospel, the understanding uh, is complete. It's a done deal. The growing, however, is not. Our growth is part letting go and part receiving. It's a part of dying and a part of, of living. And Paul goes on to be very explicit about this, and I don't have to use my own words. Paul, in Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 5, he says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Ready? Here's another list. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here is, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, so now, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, love, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Rooted. Grow. I'll just let Paul's words sit there. Paul goes on in chapter 2. He says, Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. You were taught, so now be established. You were taught, so now be strengthened. This is legal terminology. It's not the same as growing. And it expresses an actual contract or, or binding between peoples. The Christians in Colossae are reminded of their community life as believers, as a contract between one another, that we would continue to grow not only individually, but connectedly with each other. Be established as a community. Be established. Be strengthened as believers. See, not only the Christians in Colossae, but the Christians in Pasadena today are reminded that their community is with believers. Our care for each other in communities of faith must be strengthened. These three things, living and growing and strengthening, are the means by which we will continue to live the hope and joy and peace and love of these holy days into the year to come. See, when I was packing up the garbage a few years back and putting away the tree and being moved by the Spirit of God, I took a moment. 
Not because it was, you know, because I was great or I was a pastor or whatever. I wanted to have this moment. I just took a moment. I just stopped. It was just a moment that God was trying to get a hold of me, and I stopped. I just stopped, sat down on the couch, listening to B.B. Wyman sing over me. It was great. So, as Paul invites us to stop, I'm going to invite you to a moment of silent gratitude for that which God has done in you and which God is going to continue to do in you as you recognize God in the now. So just for a moment, some silent gratitude. We need to daily live the reality, to daily live the reality of now, of what we've already received. Christ cannot be allowed to, in our lives only on Sundays or only as a ritual or only on the the holy days, but one who has captured us so significantly that we live in relationship with the living God. I hope that this has been a season of real celebration for you. I hope that this has been a season of connectivity to the God who gives us life. I hope that you are living it. I pray that you are growing in it. And I trust that you are being strengthened as a community. And if you're not, then have yourself a merry little Christmas right now.